Good morning, Northbrook. Today's scripture reading will be from Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 13. I'll be reading from the House Bible this morning. So if you'd like to follow along, that's on page 816. Again, that's Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 13. And it says, Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation. And he said to them, Which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And it will answer from within, Do not bother me. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? This is the word of the Lord. All right, well, it's good to be with you this morning. I am Jake Ledette, one of the pastors here. Um... And obviously, you can tell by the passage that we just read, we're going to be spending a little time just considering prayer. And uh, really, we're actually going to spend three weeks in this passage. So over the next three weeks, we're going to be considering what God has to teach us, well, in particular, what Jesus has to teach us uh, about prayer. And just personally, prayer has been something that I have been uh, considering, thinking about, praying about, trying to learn about. Uh, I didn't really even mean to do this, but I, I'm reading all kinds of things on prayer uh, and, and trust uh, the, the Lord's providence there. And even as I think about things I didn't mean to do next week, I even think about how on Father's Day uh, we are you know, looking at a passage that says, Our Father who is in heaven. Um, you could, really good people could plan those kinds of things. We just have to, you know, kind of luck into them. Um, and uh, I'm really thankful for that. Uh, but but my, my hope, and this is like before this sermon, this is just how I've been thinking about Northbrook and my own life. Um, I've, been really, I've been really encouraged by how God has grown us and, and kind of shaped us, and, and I think in many ways does, we desire to be a people of prayer. I've prayed with many of you. You pray. You are, many of you are a, a praying people, uh, but if we were talking about this as elders uh, Friday morning at our last meeting, and I was, what I, one of the things I was saying there is that I hope we are at the very beginning uh, of a deep dive in becoming people of prayer. Um, like I, I'm encouraged by what God has done, but man, I truly hope that God has so much more for us. Uh, I, I truly hope that he has so much more uh, for me. 
uh, even as I think about the things about Northbrook that I love. I love the, the culture that we have. I love our mission that we seek to enjoy God and make disciples and plant churches. But I am fearful for us. Uh, fearful in the sense of if we don't become a people of prayer, how much time and energy and how much we'll just be spending our, all of that uh, in our own strength trying to do uh, what God has called us to do. Uh, as opposed to, obviously, uh, becoming a people of prayer and, and doing what he has called us to do in his strength. Uh, realizing how weak, how needy we are, we can do nothing uh, without him. And, and this doesn't only come to like our mission statement, enjoying God, making disciples and planting churches and just church life, but like as a dad, uh, as a husband, as an employee, uh, as a friend. Like so much of those areas of our lives we can spend doing in our own strength the things that we feel like God has called us to do as opposed to uh, being men and women of prayer in those areas uh, of our life. And so this is how I hope uh, God to grow us. This is what uh, we're gonna spend some time considering over the next uh, few weeks. And, and even as I was thinking about my own life and just uh, ways uh, I struggle with prayer, they're, they're simple and, and straightforward, many of them. One, I just genuinely feel like I don't pray enough. And, and now that's an easy thing to say. Now, there's probably not many of us who be like, man, I'm actually praying a little too much right now. Um, no, I've never heard someone say that. Uh, but I, I do mean it genuinely. I don't mean it in the superficial, I could always pray more. I mean, I genuinely think I, I believe and believe I should pray more in my life. Uh, there's a couple things, again, I, I'm reading around this. Uh, one's uh, some letters uh, to, uh, written by a guy named Jack Miller. And just the amount of times in his letter, he say, him telling different people, we remember you in our prayers. I'm like, whoa, that's good. I'm glad he does that, uh, or he did that. Uh, but it, it's convicting. Even when I read Paul, like how much he says, man, we are always thanking God for you. He's not just saying that generally. He's actually often thanking God for people. And those things are convicting to me. Uh, and I, I want to I grow in that. So I don't, I don't pray uh, enough. And, and then one of the things I think we'll focus on today, and one of the things that I, I struggle with as well, when I do pray, I, I am really quick to assume I know what to pray. I'm really, really quick to like, oh yeah, I'm going to pray about this. I, just here we go. Um, and, and there's just a, uh, and part of it, I'm, I'm used to praying. I'm used to praying, obviously, uh, in front of people. Um, and so there's a, there's a quickness there that is a very natural to me that in many ways I need to unlearn some of that. Uh, I need to slow down in prayer and actually ask Jesus uh, to teach me to pray. And then personally, I can even pray to impress. And, and now I pray with people so much and pray in front of people so much, I don't even know when this is going on half the time, perhaps. Uh, but I just am used to doing that and know that I can do that. That can be uh, a struggle that I have. Uh, and so just, again, thinking about wanting to grow in prayer, well, what's going on in my life that uh, shows just obvious need for that growth. Um, and so maybe me, some of you have those same kinds of uh, struggles. Maybe some of yours are, are different. Uh, but also I, I wanted to even just get to the root of what's even under some of those. I um, uh, just started with actually my brother-in-law and my brother uh, uh, reading a book called A Praying Life. We uh, sent it out as a suggestion in a recent email. Um, but reading that again, I've read it probably, this will probably be my, I guess, second or third time to go through it. Read it the first time many, many years ago. And, uh, and he had some really helpful, uh, just kind of observations about 
why, in, in a little bit more of a root way, why we struggle to pray. And I'll own these, so I'll just say, like, here's why I, I'll continue to talk. I'm going to include us here in a minute, but I'll just continue to be confessional here. So why I don't pray. One is because my culture. This is what Paul Miller says. He says, American culture is probably the hardest place to pray, sorry, the hardest place in the world to learn to pray. We're so busy that when we slow down to pray, we find it uncomfortable. We prize accomplishments, production, but prayer is nothing but talking to God. It feels useless, as if we are wasting time. Every bone in our body screams, get to work. Like that's, one of, that's, the, that's the air we breathe. That's the culture we live in. And that affects and impacts uh, how we pray. So that's one of the reasons I struggle to pray. Uh, the other reason is because my pride. Paul Miller again. One of the subtlest hindrances to prayer is probably the most pervasive. In the broader culture and in, and in our churches, we prize intellect, competency, and wealth. Because we can do life without God, praying seems nice but unnecessary. Money can do what prayer does and it does it quicker and less time consuming. Our trust in ourselves and in our talents makes us structurally independent of God. As a result, exhortations to pray don't stick. We have an allergic reaction to dependency. But this is the state of the heart most necessary for a praying life. A needy heart is a praying heart. Dependency is the heartbeat of prayer. And my pride keeps me from that dependency. And then finally, just simply, although this is true in those first ones too, my sin. Paul Miller, again. Something is wrong with us. Our natural desire to pray comes from creation. We are made in the image of God. Our inability to pray comes from the fall. Evil has marred the image. We want to talk to God, but can't. The friction of our desires to pray combined with our badly damaged prayer antenna leads to constant frustration. So again, I think he, you know, obviously spending a lot of time considering and thinking about prayer just highlights some of those root things that just affect us all. Like, I mean, even as I read those, surely every one of those quotes is something that we can all relate to. That we live in a culture that prizes busyness and production and efficiency. Uh, we live and we, we desire efficiency and whatnot and want to do, make decisions and, and uh, utilize things like money that get things done quicker as opposed to going to God and prayer. And then obviously, again, just acknowledging we were made to pray. We were actually made to be in relationship with God. Everybody in the world is created in the image of God and made for that. But the fall, not that just Adam chose to sin, but that we also agree with that choice so often in our lives, and that sin is something that keeps us from continuing to pray. Uh, So again, over the next three weeks, we're gonna consider this passage where Jesus does teach us to pray. But today, we're actually just gonna meditate on four words from this passage. So we're just gonna go a little slower. Anybody anybody just wanna be bold and guess what those four words are? Amanda, I think you said, go ahead. Yes, Lord, teach us to pray. Good job. Uh, You didn't, didn't. and that is, so we're just going to slow down. We're going to see, a good practice is to make the Bible's questions our questions, to make the Bible statements our statements. When you see someone come up to Jesus, sometimes we run past those questions that people ask him and how he answers, but it's a really good practice to like make, own those. 
uh, and consider those from uh, our own perspective. And that's what we're gonna do is we're gonna make this, some disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. And, and so we want to, I want you, I want me, I want us to own that as our own statement and to go to Jesus, and, and obviously he answers the question, uh, and we're gonna get into that answer over the next uh, couple weeks, uh, but I, I don't want us to move too quickly, because we often do move too quickly. Um, and, and let's just consider, what if we made that statement our statement? What if we desired Jesus to actually teach us to pray? And so that statement, Lord, teach us to pray. And so we're just actually gonna look at those uh, four uh, well, uh, four words, Lord, teach us to pray. Um, and so as you consider the, the very first one, and you think about this disciple going to Jesus and just saying, Lord. Like Jesus, he's just calling out to Jesus. And so even as you think about just that first word, like if you, when you call out to Jesus, what, what, what are you even saying? What, do you, what, what does that mean to you? when you go to him and say, Lord. And, and I think even that first word in Lord teach us to pray, it, it reminds us that, that prayer, like sometimes we do treat prayer as a skill. Like it's just this thing that we try to get better at because it'd make us more productive and make us enjoy God more. And, and, and those, there's some, something to that, uh, but prayer is not about prayer. <laughs> prayer is not an in and of itself. Uh, prayer is how we engage, God. prayer is about God. Prayer is about who he is. Prayer is about what he's, prayer is about talking and connecting with God. We don't try to get good at prayer for the sake of getting good at prayer. We, we try to understand and know and grow in prayer because we love Jesus, because of who he is. When we pray, we're not just engaging in an activity. Again, when we say, Lord, teach us to pray, we're trying to actually connect with God. And even, we'll, we'll get into this over the next couple weeks, but even in this moment, and when we do that, Jesus is going to teach us that when we connect with Him, when we seek Him, we actually get every aspect of the Trinity. It's not when we go to Jesus, we, we get Jesus, but we also, if you look in verse 2 in your Bible there, and He said to them, when you pray, so He's going to Jesus to ask Him to pray, when you pray, Father, hallowed be Your name, Your kingdom come. But it doesn't end there. Because we go to Jesus, ask Him to teach us, then we pray to our Father, but then what does the Father do? In verse 13, If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? And so even when we go to Jesus in prayer, we're getting the, the totality of the triune God. We, that's, that's what prayer is. It's access, it's relationship, it's encounter, it's desiring help, it's, it's petition, it's, it's all the things we know it to be as we encounter the triune God of the world. Prayer connects us to God. Um, and then I think, again, if we make the disciples' statement our statement, and we're saying, Lord, I, I want to just draw two things that that's doing. One, it, it's, it's saying, like, Jesus, it's reminding us that Jesus is something like Lord, Jesus. So we can never change what Jesus is. We never change. Jesus is who he is. So nothing about us, nothing about our prayers, nothing about, we don't change God. God is God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And when we call up upon God, when we call upon him as Lord, we are reminding ourselves that that is true, that he is who he is. And that's why we uh, are calling upon him. 
Um, and this is the Jesus that we're calling upon. Hebrews 1, 1 through 3. Long ago, at many times, and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, He's spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed the heir of all things, through whom also He created the world. Speaking of Jesus, it says, He is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of His nature, and He upholds the universe by the word of His power. After making purification for sins, He sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. And so when we call upon Jesus as Lord, we're calling upon the one that is created, that everything that was created was created through Him. He's all glorious. He's holy. He is so other than ourselves, but He is also the one that considered us worthy of Him laying down His life to make a purification for our sins. That that, that gap, that that chasm that was between us has now been satisfied by Him. And we, we should be reminded about that when we go to Him in prayer. And I think about when we ask Jesus to teach us to pray, I mean, it, it, it's incredible. I mean, if you think about just superficial things, if you're wanting to play basketball and you got to be coached by Michael Jordan, I just thought about it. I remember when I was uh, um, at a summer camp one time for football, uh, I was a quarterback and was not very good, so no, nothing there. Uh, but I, uh, I went to a camp where Troy Aikman was at, and he taught me, and he, he actually, I made a pass, and he said, that was a great pass, and it really was a good pass. Uh, and he said, great pass, and I was like, Troy Aikman just told me, nice pass. Uh, but if we think about going to, you know, get coaching from, if you wanted to write, imagine if Shakespeare could teach you to write just to kind of catch some of the kids. Imagine a video game professional could teach you how to play a video game. Like what, whatever it is that you would think, man, if this person, you love doing this thing, if you could go to this person and they could actually teach you and walk you through how to do this, how much more than, than not just the one who knows everything about prayer, but the, the, the one that knows everything about everything. That the, the universe, the God, like there's nothing he does not know. And we can go to him to ask us to teach us to pray. And we blow past that so much and forget that, that this is the one we are going to. That, that's what we're doing. But when we go to him and we say, Lord, again, that reminds us of who he is, but he isn't just that. So if you were going to come to me and you were going to say, hey, Jake, now even in that simple, hey, Jake, really the context of our whole relationship is present. Like maybe our most recent interactions, maybe they were good or bad or awkward, maybe we just recently had a, a hard conversation or maybe not, or maybe yeah, I just learned some news. Like there's just content, when there's relational context when we approach each other. There's relational context when you approach Jesus. And so it, that relational context does not change Jesus in any way, but our relationship with Jesus changes. It ebbs and flows just like any relationship. Um, and I'm not talking about our salvation. Obviously, he blesses us and keeps us in that. But how we relate to him and how we pray is impacted by our relationship and how that's going and what has happened and what's going on. I mean, obviously, if it's been two years since you've prayed at all, that first prayer is going to feel different than you have prayed every day for two years. Isn't, I mean, that's just common sense. But again, sometimes we blow past that and forget there's so many things that impact our relationship with Jesus. Uh, I mean, sometimes even if you just think about you're tired, you're, you've been, maybe you're just bent, maybe you're in a season of tiredness. 
Maybe you've just blown past your limits that he created you to have and you just keep coming up against this tiredness. Maybe this tiredness is because of your own choosing. You just keep trying to do and do and do and you never rest or break. Maybe this tiredness is not your own choosing. Maybe you're actually struggling to sleep and you have no idea why. You wish you could sleep. You don't want to be tired, uh, but you are tired. Like things like that, that that affects your relationship uh, with Jesus. Maybe you're going through a season of theological confusion and you're not sh- sure what you believe about certain things and you're trying to get in. It's really difficult or a season of doubt. and you're, Those things affect your relationship with Jesus. There's all kinds of things that maybe you're uh, maybe you just had an incredible answered prayer and you're kind of blown away and your faith is increasing and growing and that affects your relationship with Jesus. And so even that one word, when we say, Lord, teach us to pray, We should be reminded about those two things. Who Jesus is, that will never change. And then, who is he to us? And again, I don't say that in some like way that he's gonna change, but we're in relationship with him. And so, what is that like? How is that going? And and when we call out to him, uh, we should acknowledge those realities. And then when we call out to him, we're asking him to teach us. And this has probably been my, the, like as I, I've been in this practice of just kind of asking Jesus uh, to, to teach me to pray. And to be honest with you, I can't remember if this came from a praying life. Does it say that in there? Like, does it focus on this? We're reading this as a staff. It's not, not okay, good. Not okay, <laughs> sorry. I can't remember where I got this, but I've started practices. We're reading a, a praying church uh, as a staff. Uh, sorry, I have conversations during sermons sometimes. Uh, but um, the... Uh, uh, it, somewhere along that, it was from reading that book and praying together as a staff, I was like, I just grab a hold of this statement, and I'm like, man, this, I need this. And, and when I've used this in my life to kind of back up and slow down, this teach is probably one of the most encouraging aspects of it. As I think of, like, this disciple of Jesus, thousands of years ago, came to him and asked him to teach him to pray, and now thousands of years later, I am a disciple of Jesus, and I need to go to him, just like he did, and ask him to teach me to pray. And then even I think about, like, how much more, like, I have something in this moment that that disciple didn't have. I have the Holy Spirit present in my life uh, and dwelling in me. How much more expectant I should be of an answer when I go to Jesus and ask him uh, to teach me to pray. But there's just so many things we can learn uh, when we go to Jesus and, and ask him to teach us. One, when we do that in like real time, like we have something going on and we're saying, Jesus, will you teach us to pray? We're reminded that Jesus is alive. Like he is reigning and ruling and he is actually alive right now in this moment and I can go to him and ask him. Like the, the res- if the resurrection didn't happen, I have no business asking Jesus anything, much less to teach me to pray. But the resurrection did happen and he's reigning and ruling even now. And so I get to go to, and it reminds me of that. Oh, like Jesus, you're working in the world. You're working in my life. You're present and I can come to you in this moment right now. And it's a, a really helpful reminder when we realize that. Um, he is alive and he is active in my life and I should expect him to move. Uh, and again, it reminds us the Holy Spirit that he is, that I think about it even in Acts 1, you know, the, the Father, told, uh, Jesus told um, the disciples, hey, the Father's gonna send the Holy Spirit, wait. Wait on the Holy Spirit. And, and this, Lord, teach me to pray is a good reminder of that. Sometimes I run past the Holy Spirit so quickly. And this is, hey, Jesus, teach me to pray is is an act of waiting on the Spirit to help lead and guide and direct me uh, even in prayer. But I think probably the most significant outcome for me uh, and growing and what we can learn from this is asking Jesus to teach us to pray 
it really embraces humility. It's a way of embracing humility as we seek him in prayer. We know God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And so we should desire that uh, in our prayer. The, The most humble place that any of us could be is at Jesus' feet asking him to teach us. And this puts us in that place. Jesus, I need you to help. I need you to teach me. I don't know all I need to know, and you do. Uh, The most humble place for any of us to be is at Jesus' feet asking him to teach us. I think, obviously, even as we do this as, uh, I'll get to this in a second as we talk about us, but even as we do this as people, or even individually, maybe you try to impress God, but doesn't it keep you from that just naturally a bit? Like when you're asking Jesus to teach you, you're admitting your need, then that kind of in, in and of itself keep you from trying to impress anybody. We're, we're confessing, I'm not sure exactly how or what to pray. And then I think about even, we've all had those moments that we've encountered, like where you're like, something's happened, maybe someone's come to you with something and it's really dramatic and it's really tough and you're really kind of, you're, it's just, you feel overwhelmed, you have no idea what to do and you actually have no idea what to pray. And they maybe have asked you to pray for them. And you're just like, man, I have no idea what to pray. We, many of us have encountered those kinds of moments. Um, and then we should acknowledge that. And even, to be honest with you, the best thing to do in that moment is typically to acknowledge you don't know how to pray. And de- even acknowledge that with the Lord. Uh, but this, asking Jesus to teach us to pray, is a way of kind of proactively actually inviting that into our life. Uh, proactively saying, Lord Jesus, I, need, I think I actually know what to pray here. And again, sometimes we do, and not, not all of that's bad. Um, but, but just pausing and then proactively saying, Jesus, would you, would you teach me to pray about whatever is going on or this area of my life or uh, in this moment? Um, and, it, and it helps us embrace humility. Now, I do want to say something because pride is comfortable in any skin. Um, and so there can't even be a way we use this in a prideful way. Like we're with others and we're like, oh, I'm going to ask Jesus to teach me to pray. Y'all didn't even ask that. Y'all don't know what you're doing. Um, And so pride, unfortunately, can seep into anywhere. Uh, But just in and of itself, obviously by God's grace and his help, there is a humility that comes from embracing that we don't know and that we need Jesus to teach us. one, one last thing as I think about even just asking Jesus to teach us is one thing I've noticed in, in my life and, it, and I think it would help all of us is it actually teaches me to pray more creatively. Because as I said, when I come into something knowing what to pray, considering what to pray, I'm just gonna start praying and there's just way, things I'm comfortable praying about, ways I'm comfortable praying that have been ingrained and that is not necessarily wrong, but pausing and not just entering into those. There's probably things you're more comfortable praying about. Maybe your prayers always go to, the, maybe your prayers always go to repentance. Maybe your prayers always go to suffering. Maybe your prayers always go to politics. I don't, I don't know, whatever it is, however your prayers tend to naturally go, it's like, okay, I don't want to just jump in and, and, and there's just a, even that pause can one, allow the spirit to move and, and help us uh, pray. And ma- like, we often are bound by our comfort. Jesus is not. And so that even that, Jesus, would you teach me? Would you teach me to pray? And maybe even a way I'm not even thinking about uh, in this moment, about what's going on uh, in this way. Would you shake loose the ways that I get stuck here and help me learn uh, to pray? And, and again, just pausing, it could help us to, to pray more creatively. Um, 
And again, obviously Jesus goes on to answer this question and we'll, we'll learn from that over the next couple of weeks, but I just don't want us to run back past this opportunity to ask Jesus to teach us to pray. And, and, and when I say that, I, just one caveat, I don't mean we need to do this every time. I don't mean every time we pray, we need to start with saying, Jesus, teach us to pray. I just mean it's a really healthy thing to add into our prayer life. And maybe we need to go through a season of doing it more significantly uh, and more often. But obviously we can pray and we can pray how the Spirit leads us. And we're not, the, the Bible does not command us to ask this question every time we pray. But again, I'm saying it's a, it's a helpful correction to how, how often we run past it. Uh, and and uh, a good practice. Uh, if you want to just be super pragmatic about it, I think it's a helpful tool to add to our prayer life. Um, and so... Uh, we need to make the disciples' question our question and slow down in our fast-paced world. So we, we say, Lord, we say, teach, and then we say, us. So, Lord, teach us. Like, even probably so much of what I've already said, you've been thinking about in your own personal life, which is glorious and good. But even, like, the majority of the way the Bible talks about prayer is communal, it's with other people. The, the total way he's talking about it in Luke is communal. Like there's no individual aspect to it. It's actually, even in Jesus' answer, it's communal. It's, it's plural. Um, and, and I think we can, again, that's another thing. Now, obviously, I hope we're praying individually. I hope in our lives, and you know, we, no one's with us all the time, and we need to be praying a lot. So hopefully, there's a lot of that going on in our life, but then, obviously, just that us is that kind of helpful correction again that we should be thinking about how we do this together uh, with others. How, Jesus, how can you teach us to pray? What does it look like for us to join together uh, in prayer. This is what uh, Jesus is pointing us to. And I think about even uh, the night of prayer we had in February. Many of you were there. And um, we did this on that night. We just said, hey, we're going to spend uh, a little bit of time just asking Jesus to teach us to pray out of, out of Luke 11 here. And I remember, obviously, we had planned that. And I remember thinking, I have no idea how this is going to go. Like, what are people even going to say? Like, it's been encouraging in my life, and I've been enjoying it. But like, Lord, teach us to pray, and then where do they go from there? I don't even, like, what, what's, how is this, um, yeah. Um, but it was a super encouraging time. Like, there, there was something really sweet. It, it seemed as though many people needed the same thing I needed, which was to slow down, to not try to impress anybody with our prayers, but just like, man, Jesus, would you just teach us what it even looks like to pray? Would you help us uh, engage in that? And there was, again, there's, there's something about doing it alone, but even, again, as someone who plans this and is comfortable in these kinds of moments, I was insecure about, man, what is this gonna look like with people doing this together? And, and it was, the Spirit was just kind to meet us in those moments. And so uh, I, I would encourage you uh, to, even as you're together, uh, be willing uh, to do this. And again, I hope, it's, I hope what happened in February was just the beginning of us growing uh, in this kind of, kind of way. Uh, Paul Miller in A Praying Church, he does say this about praying together. He says, unless entire churches learn to pray together, individual prayer can lose steam. So how those work together. And that it isn't just an official prayer meeting, but in our families and small groups too, and even in that random phone conversation, that's the passion of this book. And so again, as we think about 
praying together, that we would have eyes open and hearts open to consider the many different ways that God would want us to pray together. And it seems like what Paul Miller is saying, and I think what the scriptures would encourage is that when we pray together, we're praying together more individual. We're praying uh, alone more. When we're praying alone more, we're thinking about praying uh, with others more. If I'm praying for you for something, I'm wanting to pray with you for that thing. If I pray with you for something, then man, I want to try to remember that when I'm alone to pray for you in that way, that they go together. They're not conflicting, and we, we should grow in what it looks like uh, to pray together. It's always encouraging to acknowledge how much we need Jesus, uh, but it's always encouraging even more when we do that as a group of people, when we feel and experience that collective need that we have. Um, Again, I think even as we consider Jesus' answer, we often forget that he's answering us in, this, in Luke 11 in a communal kind of way. I, I like Paul Miller again. He says this. When Luke gives a sermon in the book of Acts, we get a preacher. That's Peter standing with the 11, lifted up his voice and addressed them. But when Luke describes a prayer meeting, we get the whole church. Now he goes on to say preachers are so important. Um, he doesn't really say that actually, but, um, but isn't that such a good just reminder? Like what, is, what are we doing as the whole church together? And what does it look like to pursue and embrace um, and encourage that as a church? We need to do this individually, but we need to be corrected because we often think of prayer as mainly an individual practice. So we need to learn to pray together. But then finally, we want the Lord to teach us to pray. Um, as we ask God to teach us, we, we ask him to teach us expecting an answer. We're not waiting just to wait. We're waiting to actually pray. Uh, we're waiting to engage God uh, in this way. I think it's the New City Catechisms. I love how it talks about prayer. It's just that pouring your heart out to God. Like that's what, that's what we're, we're desiring to get to that point. We're not just saying, Lord, teach us to pray and staying removed and distant. We're saying, Lord, teach us to pray that we might pour our hearts out to you in whatever thing we're going through, whatever thing we're considering, in whatever way we're trying to uh, connect or engage or seek God's help. We want to actually move towards that. Um, and I think even uh, generally speaking, this is helpful to be specific like as you're going to Jesus and asking him to teach you to pray, I think it would be helpful for you to have a specific struggle on your heart or on your mind, a specific area of your life where you're wanting to grow in or you're wanting to get unstuck from or just whatever's going on. I think, I mean, yes, generally ask Jesus to teach you to pray. Uh, that's, that's good. That's what the disciple uh, is doing here. But in our lives, again, I think this can be a helpful tool to add to our prayer life when we're struggling in a particular way or we're needing or we're desiring God to do something like just to back up and slow down and say, uh, Jesus, would you teach us to pray? Um, just a, uh, an example from this recently, I've shared this in a few settings, but this, the, I think a, maybe a month ago now, I was just having a day where um, I was praying and considering and thinking about uh, really uh, the church, and one of the things I was led to pray about was evangelism. And so I was doing that. I was like, Jesus, would you just teach me to pray? What does it look like? Would you help me consider and think about? And would you teach me to pray uh, for myself and for the church uh, in this way? 
Uh, and then I was led to Colossians 4, 2 through 6, and, uh, you know, uh, where Paul talks about praying that he may have an opportunity and be wise in the way you walk towards outsiders, making the best use of the time. And, and I was praying through that. I was praying for the church, and I was praying uh, for, I was actually praying for, my, like, God, would you just give us opportunities to declare the mystery of Christ? Would you just give us opportunities to share the gospel? Would you bless Northbrook people with opportunities just to talk about who you are with people uh, in their lives? Would you just continue to create those? Um, and so I was actually walking and praying through this, and then I didn't know this, but Ginger that morning uh, was also praying about evangelism. She was just praying for opportunities to, to share the gospel, and we didn't know either of us were praying that. As she was praying, uh, one of the things we had, uh, uh, you know, well, we live right here. Forgot where we were for a second. So uh, uh, this, this park right here is people playing basketball, people playing at the park. Probably two to four times a year, a random kid that we've never met before comes to our door and asks for water. Just a thing that happens, and we give them water. Um, and Ginger was just thinking about that, and she does that more. She's home more, and, um, and uh, she was thinking about that. She was like, God that's an opportunity that I have not been using. I've not, that's an opportunity just to share the gospel, to talk to, and I've not been using that. God, if you bring someone, would you, and, and she actually had a kid in mind uh, as, as she was praying that, and so we're praying that together, and I think we even had somebody over for dinner that night, um, and then um, it was y'all? No. Y'all were over for dinner that night? Oh, yeah. Uh, and then, uh, so we had the Fabers over for dinner that night, and um, the, uh, and then, well, I actually come in from doing something, and uh, there's a kid in our house that I did not recognize, and that was the very kid Ginger had been praying for. Like, God, if you send someone, well, I'll, I'm going to share the gospel. And so, obviously, she was like, well, this guy's got to get the gospel. I, there's, no way I can get it. there's no way I'm getting around that this was of the Lord, uh, and he's doing this. And, and, and so it was just kind of a, a really sweet, really encouraging. One of the things I'm also praying is that God would just increase my faith. It's another statement from the disciples in Luke 17. Would you increase our faith? And I'm like, man, what a sweet gift. What a sweet answer to prayer. Again, we didn't even know we were praying, and God answered in such a specific, such a clear. And so she, you know, was faithful and obedient and uh, gave this kid some water. And, uh, you know, as she was walking him out, she was like, hey, this may sound weird, but I prayed for you today. <laughs> and uh, I, it's just, I felt led, and I prayed for you. And I felt like God wants me to share, you, share with you about who Jesus is and what he's done. And so she was faithful to do that. And, he, you know, they talked about it for a minute, and he went on his way. So y'all can, uh, I feel bad saying his name in this setting, but you can just pray for that kid and pray that God would work in his life, that he'd come back and get more water, and we'd have an opportunity to hear more about what he believes and where he comes from in that way. Uh, but, but, and, and, so not every time does God answer in that particular way. Um, but that we would be a people that, that seek Jesus, ask him to teach us to pray, and desire for him to continue to move and respond and answer and strengthen and grow our faith in these specific ways. Maybe some of us need, just need to acknowledge the faith that is fledgling, that we, don't, we, we struggle to pray because we don't think he's actually going to answer. We, we struggle to pray because we don't think he's going to do what we want him to do. And, and a lot of that is even coming to grips with, we're not talking about this this week, is coming to grips with because he does answer. Like, no, as hard as it is to hear and many times is just as much of an answer. Um, but, but some of us don't go to him because, because we've struggled with that and that's impacting us. And so when we ask God to teach us to pray, 
when we're asking him to grow us in our faith, some of us maybe need to even start by acknowledging some of those realities uh, in our life. Um, and so I'm just going to give us a second. It'd be weird to not like give us a second to pray. Um, and I preached so long last week, so I'm going to be short this week. Uh, make up for it. There's like a quota I have to, not really. But, um, but I, do, I do just want to give us a minute to pray. And, and I do, like as a church, you know, we're always wanting to grow in freedom. We're always kind of bound by, you know, what we think's uh, appropriate, and some things are appropriate and inappropriate, obviously, but, but I think uh, one of the things we can do as a church is we gather to worship the God of the universe, is, is ex- embrace and experience more freedom, so maybe we can grow in that. And so when some of you, you're thinking of, I, I think as you think of, Lord, teach us to pray, I think you should think one thing, two things in this moment. One, hey, where do you need Jesus to teach you to pray? What area of your life? What's going on? Where do you feel like you most need that? I think that's good. That felt need is not something to ignore. That's not like, oh, I need to, I need to pray about. Big. No, that felt need matters. Uh, it's felt for, for a reason. And so in that area, would you think about asking Jesus to teach you to pray? But then the second thing, there's that us. Who does Jesus want you to pray with? Who does Jesus want you to pray for? Who would you like to pray with you in this area? And so just those simple things. Now, maybe you need to take some moment just to, to pray by yourself and, and embrace that. Uh, but maybe you also need to pray, some, pray with someone and pray with someone in this moment. Uh, we, we should experience and ha- feel that uh, kind of freedom. Um, and so, Will, actually, can you come up and just play for a second? So it's not completely quiet. I don't want to make it too awkward for you. Um, but, um, but I am going to give us a few minutes. And so let's pray together. I'll lead us, and then I'll, I'll leave you to kind of have some time to seek Jesus in this way. Again, take a moment to think about an area of your life. And then maybe someone you would like to pray with. Spirit, we uh, need you, and so ask that you would move. Lord Jesus, I I come to you like that disciple did so many years ago. And I ask you for myself that you would teach me to pray, but then I ask on behalf of us as your people, would you teach us to pray? Lord Jesus, I think, as you know, everybody here, it's so comforting. You know, people here that don't even know you and that they can come to you and ask you to teach them to pray. Maybe for some people that looks like actually placing their faith that you have done what you said you've done. And then there's the whole gamut of ways we need to learn to pray, Jesus, that, again, you are sovereign over and you know. And so we just come to you now and ask for your help. Take a moment to make that your own.
Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we've also forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.